MSW Media. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. This is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, my friends. It's good to have you here. This beautiful day in mid-April. Got a big show coming up today country music superstar jordan davis is going to be chatting with me in in just a little bit he's got a a new whiskey out you're going to want to hear about Uh, coming up in a couple of weeks i'm going to be doing another live recording of this show at the stand comedy club in new york city always have a great time there this one's going to be on may 4th night before cinco de mayo so you know it's going to be going off Don't have the guest lined up yet, but it's coming. Once we have that, I will uh, put up information about tickets on sale. Our friends at uh, Jose Cuervo will be sponsoring this show. That's right. The tequila is going to be flowing in New York City on May 4th and 5th. Tequila. That's right. Party's going to go. Got me thinking about... Uh, Mexico, you know, my first trip <laughs> that I ever took, I, I was living down in Arizona in the Phoenix area 25 years ago. And I went down to a little border town just south of Tucson called Nogales. Now back then, Nogales was a, a ducks, like a dusty Mexican shanty town where Americans would go down and drink cheap beer. And, and if you needed pharmaceuticals, you could also get those cheap and you didn't need a prescription. Nowadays, it's bad. Nogales has been overrun with the cartel and there's sex trafficking and all kinds of stuff going on down there. Basically, well, it's this. You will never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Now, I'm hoi polloi to the core, as you know. So I spent the bulk of that first trip to Nogales. Again, this is 1999. I'm down there. I'm talking to real Mexicans in hope of discovering the real best way to enjoy tequila. Really, I did. For real. Real. Real, real, real. Now, my Spanish back then and even today is limited to asking directions to the toilet and ordering shitty beer. So it took a lot of effort to discover that there's more to tequila than meets the margarita. I didn't know this prior to 1999. Now, eventually, with the help of uh, this adorable translator that I uh, met down there, I procured what I was after from a local bartender who who told me that the real Mexicans love something called the Vampiro, which is a combination of tequila, lime juice, and squirt soda, and sangrita. even mixed one up for me, and I I found it to be uh, muy excelente. Yes, muy excelente. Now, also on that trip, I I dropped in this little uh, shop that sold curios, and in this makeshift display case, 
I see these like eight inch tall quartet of frogs playing musical instruments. You've, you've seen these before, right? You know, frogs. Of course you have. But here's where it gets weird. As I'm looking at these things, the shop owner comes up to me, like real conspiratorially, and he whispers, he's real frogs, man. I'm like, huh? It's frogs. They're real. I'm like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you, wherever you got these from, killed real frogs, gutted them, and contorted their little frog corpses to make it look like they're playing musical instruments? And shellacked him into that position for all eternity? Si, senor. All right, I said. I'll take the one playing the congas. So I'm down there with my, my buddy, uh, we'll call him Bottom Feeder. The guy who was living with me, and as the name suggests, not paying rent. Crazy dude. I wrote about him in my first book, uh, Nobody Likes a Quitter. So I... I go and I meet him at these at this bar, La Cava, which is this squalid little watering hole where I did my vampiro research. And as soon as he sees, I show him the. He says, "You should have bought the whole band." So he was referring to the the other frogs. There was a saxophone, bass, and guitar playing dead shellacked frogs that were also for sale, but they didn't have a lead singer, so I figured it was pointless. And. Looked over at Bottom Feeder and he tossed back a shot of tequila and he said, fucking singers. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. He looked oddly at home down there in Nogales, by the way. So I actually did some research when I got back to the state. I went to the library. That's how long ago this was. I went to the library and I found a compelling tome called The Complete Frog, a guide for the very young naturalist by someone named Elizabeth Lacey. And she wrote, I pulled this quote out. She wrote, Quote, because frogs are so delicious to so many efficient hunters, it is not surprising to learn that their lives are seldom very long, end quote. Now, nowhere in this book did Elizabeth Lacey mention the number of frogs whose lives are cut short only to become freak collectibles. It's probably because she never hauled her ass down to Nogales. If she had, she would have discovered that mutilated frogs were by no means the only bizarre goods for sale back then. I would say just about everything and everybody in Nogales was for sale, including there were like bathroom tiled night tables, authentic and Mexican ponchos embroidered with NFL logos. Why? I don't know. Wood carved field mice. Oh, and, and I remember like the town's best selling item was pure uncut vanilla. Now, what I was ever going to do with a five-gallon drum of vanilla, I had no idea, but I got one. I bought it. Yeah, that's right, because I was able to haggle the price down to $20, and that was what that trip to Nogales was, was all about for me. It was, well, at least at first, and then later I realized what it was really all about, but at first it was just this exhilaration of, of haggling for shit. It was completely worthless goods and services that you'd never otherwise dream of of having back then it was like haggling was the quintessential form of social contact and i i felt like you know some of these shop owners like came to respect me or or disdain me based on how i was haggling but more importantly haggling afforded me the opportunity to say things like how much for that seven foot tall wood carved blessed mother <laughs> i'm kidding the guy's like, $65. I'm like, I'll give you 20, 45, 25, 30. 
Ha! I'll take it. 30 bucks. It was like I'd stolen the perfect Christmas gift for my mom right out from under his nose, you know? And then later I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? I don't even know how to get it around. So I, uh, you know, I, I had, a, I had the, 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 the dead shellac contemplating frog. I had a five gallon drum, a pure cut vanilla, seven foot wood cart, blessed mother, bottom feeder, throwing back way too many shots of tequila. So I find this young Mexican boy. He was so slight that his baseball cap seemed to weigh him down. Right. But he was eager and so I let him carry the frog. It was a sympathetic gesture. I thought it would give me like a karma boost somewhere down the line. And then when we only went a couple bucks and I, I gave him $5. And he says, that's all. I thought that was more than ample payment back then, especially for carrying a dead frog two blocks. And he called me Gringo Tacano. And he fucking dropped the frog and kicked me in the shin and took off with the money. So then Bottom Feeder looks over and he sees this decrepit old donkey. That's inexplicably covered with black. It was a white donkey, but it had black paint splotches all over it. And a guy was selling photos. There's a photo op. And Bottom Fear says, you know, you need, a, you need a picture with the painted barrel. It'll help you capture the true Mexican flavor. Now, as I've said, I was already convinced that vanilla was the true Mexican flavor. But I was running agonizingly low on culturally enhancing options at that point. So I'm like, all right, shit, I'll do it. And I, I gingerly climb aboard this old barrow. I believe his name was Hector. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. And the guy hands me a sombrero and a multicolored poncho. I think it had the Kansas City Chiefs logo on it or something. And a, an empty bottle of tequila. So I sit astride Hector and I pose for a Polaroid. And then I think I really began to understand what the trip was about. It wasn't about it wasn't about haggling. It was about being a footloose American in this Mexican den of depravity. You know, like I, at that moment, I felt like I'd come, I'd seen, I'd haggled. But of course, my my haggling didn't work out when it came to trying to get rid of that seven foot tall woodcar blessed mother. Guy wanted four dollars for the Polaroid of me on top of Hector. And I said, I'll trade you straight up. The statue, it's worth $65. He says, no, senor. I'm like, all right, how about the vanilla? No, senor. I said, all right, what about this frog? And he took the frog and he looked at it, long and hard, this musically attuned amphibian. And finally he shakes his head and he says, no la quiero, sino cantate. And I didn't know what the fuck that meant. And I turned to bottom feeder who actually knew Spanish and... I said, well, what did he say? And Butterfield told me, he said, I don't want it without the singer. Fucking singers. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> anyway, Mexico, first trip. Been there many times since. And, uh, you know, Cuervo's going to be sponsoring my show May 4th at the stand. On to drinking, more drinking matters, because that's what we do on this show. It's time for our very popular segment, Drinks of the Week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. It's what we're drinking with Dan Dunn's. Drinks of the week. Jazz hands. All right, so over the weekend, I tried a new blended scotch called the Deacon. This is uh, made with single malt whiskeys from two of Scotland's premier scotch-making regions, Isla and Speyside. Isla is an island, Speyside is in the mainland. Now, the Isla malts imbue the Deacon with a lot of peaty smoke flavor, while the Speyside malts 
give it this bonfire-like smoky characteristic, okay? Now, I jotted down a few notes after I tasted it. I got orange, delicate spice, uh, biscuity quality. This is a smooth 80-proof scotch that goes down easy. It's not challenging, but it's, but it's good quality scotch, especially for $40 a bottle. That's the price on it, and that's, that's very reasonably priced. It's got a, a cool-looking bottle, too. There's a strange masked and begoggled character on the label. Is that the deacon? I don't know. Maybe. I did a little research, found out that in Scotland, the term deacon refers to a master of their craft. So whoever that masked goggly guy is, he's probably pretty damn good at what he does. So yeah, the deacon, 40 bucks. You want to try it? Uh, you can check out, get more info. Go to deaconwhiskey.com. No E in whiskey, Scotland. And, and keep in mind, this is not sponsored. No, they didn't give me a dime. They did send me the bottle, just so you know that. Complimentary bottle, but they are not paying for this endorsement. I'm endorsing it because I like it. Same with this next one. Sticking with Scotland. Mm, I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm-mm. One of my favorite distilleries, Brooklotti, just put out their first new U.S. release of 2023. Port Charlotte, Isla barley 2014 that's the vintage the vintage scotch now this is a heavily peated dram my friends not for the faint of palate it showcases a delicate balance of fruit and smoke which Brooklotti is renowned for this port charlotte uh, isla barley 2014 is 50 percent abv that's 100 proof and peated to 40 ppm that is like off the charts peat so if you like Pete, you're going to love this. It was aged, uh, it's some aging, 84% of it was in first fill bourbon cast, very the norm there in Scotland, 8% in second fill virgin oak, and then 8% in second fill Bordeaux wine casks. Uh, on the nose, you're going to get a malty biscuits, you're going to get peat embers, and follow it up a little sweet vanilla, honey, toffee, creme brulee, all this sweet stuff's going on. You'll taste citrus tang up front. That's counterbalanced with some smoke. But once this thing really starts to open up, there's a medley of apricot, peach, melon. On the finish, you're going to get stone fruit, toasted oak, and the thing that Port Charlotte is best known for, which is barbecue smoke. It's like you're going down to the Salt Lick in Texas or one of those places in Kansas City or South Carolina having a little barbecue with your whiskey. It's $85 a bottle, just came out. I couldn't recommend it more highly. That's right. And remember, if you decide to try the stuff that I've recommended here on Drinks of the Week, I urge you to do so responsibly because I care about you. But above all, what I want you to do is enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Enjoy yourself. While you're still in the pink The years go by As quickly as a wink Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself It's later than you think You know, my favorite rabbits of all time are Bugs Bunny, Thumper from Bambi, Roger, Peter, the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland, and of course, Velveteen. 
In case you're wondering, no, I don't like the Energizer Bunny. Not one bit. It's all amped up and banging that goddamn drum all the time. Don't keep going and going and going, Energizer Bunny. Please, just stop. But I digress. For as much pleasure as my favorite rabbits have provided me over the years, none has made me as happy, and by happy I mean tipsy, as Rabbit Hole. Yeah, that's what's up, Doc. Rabbit Hole's bourbon and rye recipes are totally unique, and they were created by their founder, my friend Kave Zamanian, who spares no expense in making great whiskey. Kave and his team have their own cooking methods and they use top-of-the-line grains. They never chill filter, they use barrels that are toasted, charred, and wood-fired, which nobody does. Nobody, except Rabbit Hole. What you end up with is a line of bourbon and rye with these really rich, deep flavors that are unlike anything you've ever tasted. With all due respect to the famous rabbits that hold a special place in my heart, I'm here to tell you unequivocally that none of them get me hopped up. See what I did there? Like Rabbit Hole does. It's my go-to American whiskey. And you know what? You should make it yours. I had some people over recently, and the homemade drinks were a-flowing. All my guests were like, dude... These are the best friggin' cocktails I've ever had. You're an amazing mixologist. And I was like, damn straight I am. What my guest didn't know was I was cheating a little bit. All right, maybe more than a little bit. Of course, I use top shelf booze in the drinks. You gotta do that. But I wasn't juicing the limes or pureeing the prickly pears or grinding up the jalapenos that made my cocktails so fabulous. All I did was order up fresh Victor. Fresh Victor is a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that brings the magic of master mixologists into your home. They're the best mixers available on the market, hands down. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. The mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. And right now, Fresh Victor is offering a pretty juicy deal to my listeners. Simply go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart with a bunch of great mixers, and at checkout, enter promo code FVDAN20. That's F as in fresh, V as in Victor, Dan 20. Get 20% off your order. Now is the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor. Joining me now, one of the hottest stars in country music. Man can write and sing tunes. And he is uh, collaborated with a lot of other musicians, but he, for purposes of this show, he's collaborated with one of my favorite distilleries. It's called Bluebird Distilling. It's in Phoenixville, PA, right outside my hometown of Philadelphia. And they've uh, collaborated on a fantastic new whiskey called Bluebird Days. Jordan Davis, how are you, buddy? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, Dan. This is awesome, man. Big fan. Oh, man. Thanks for, thanks for doing it. And, uh, Boy, it's exciting. I I was uh, walking my dog this morning and listening to your music, getting into it. It just creates such it creates such a vibe, man. And with the summer coming up, it, it's got a lot of that feel, you know, like just getting out in the open air, enjoying yourself. Uh, is that come from? You're from Shreveport, Louisiana, right? You spent a lot of time outdoors down there. Oh man, yeah, like you know, sportsman's paradise. So you know, growing up, it was you know hunting and fishing in the winter and then summertime you know my family had a ski boat so we were on the lake every weekend uh you know so it was definitely a, a get outside we were raised in a get outside kind of family uh and i'm grateful for that and i definitely think i've carried that over especially into this record um you know a lot of this record is kind of 
you know, written about where I'm at in my life. And, um, you know, right now things are, are, are going good. So, uh, it seems to be going good, man. I was like doing the research. First of all, you're, you're married, you got, you got two kids. You just had, you know, it seems like all that's happening for you. As I mentioned, you grew up in Shreveport. I guess you moved to, uh, you went to Nashville back in 2012 with designs on making it. So talk a little bit about where did that come from? Your love of music? Did you, uh, how did that start and, and how do you end up in Nashville? I actually came from a really musical family. My uncle was a songwriter and he was the first one of the family to move to Nashville. Uh, I think he moved in the early eighties. Um, and had a lot of success as a songwriter and still one of my favorite songwriters today. Um, you know, my brother moved in 2010 um, so, you know, songwriting has always been, you know, something that the Davises did. Uh, you know, I think that goes back to my uncle, to my dad, to my mom, you know, just, uh, always having music on, um, and, and loving great music. Uh, so, uh, that, I really think that it's just from an early age, we, we couldn't get away from, from country music and eventually it ran us down. So you end up there now you're, you're working, I think, uh, it was it about 2016 you get a uh, you get a record deal with uh, universal music and then in 2018 you put out your first full length album home state and that's got some big hits on it you got singles you up take it from me uh, slow dance in a parking lot right that that's things yeah. start to take off i mean it, it was that would you consider that like immediate massive success yeah, i mean definitely Definitely immediate success, you know, uh, very seldom I feel like do, you know, debut records have some of the songs that my first record had on them. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm, I mean, I've got an amazing team uh, that, you know, it takes an army to succeed in, in this business. So I've got an amazing team and I've got some amazing songwriters that help me on these songs. Uh, but definitely that first record was beyond it went way beyond what I thought my first album would do. And, and some of those songs, you know, singles you up being one of the biggest songs of, of 2018. And, um, you know, very fortunate to have that record do as well as it did. Can I ask you a question about singles you up? All right. I want you yeah. to be straight here. This is my thought. This is my thought when I listen to it. And I like the song for those of you who haven't heard it. It's basically about this woman and you, the guy, the singer, you, I get, you know, you got your designs on this woman, but she's in a bad relationship. She's in a relationship with a guy who doesn't really care about. Her. Well, I'm sorry if I'm overstepping boundaries. I don't need to be, but I just got to tell you how I feel. If he ever singles you up, if he's ever stupid enough, I'm going to be the first one calling you And the, the thing of it is, when he singles you up, if she gets single, then you're going to move in on her. But my thing is, yeah. why doesn't she just dump him? The guy sounds like a hey, real asshole. You know, I mean, to be honest with you, Dan, like that's a, that's a great take on that song, you know? I mean, you know, just dump him. Don't wait for him to break up with you. Yeah. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, you know, I got that the idea for that song. A buddy of mine had just... Uh, he had just, Justin Ebach, who helped me write it, uh, he had just gotten engaged and in the writing room. Uh, you know, we, we were joking with him about, man, like, dude, you outkicked your coverage, man. You know, and, uh, I was like, man, you'd be stupid to ever single her up. And, uh, you know, that, that idea came into my head. And it was kind of always like, you know, seeing the girl. I remember a girl in college that had a boyfriend that I was like, man, I'll be such a better 
boyfriend than the one she has, you know? Uh, so that's kind of where we started writing that song. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a tradition. I mean, probably dates back to, uh, another one, Jesse's girl, you know, the Rick Springfield hit. Yeah. That was, that was the same sentiment. I wish I had Jesse's girl. And I'm always like, Could you go get her. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse yeah. sounds like Go an her, asshole. Um, but no, <laughs> anyway, so then you you do this and then what's crazy, then in 2021, you do a duet with Luke Bryan called By Dirt. And this thing, you didn't want to use Massive earlier, but we can use it now. That was the number one on the Hot Country chart for, uh, and it was one of the most streamed country songs in both 2021 and 2022. So now what I'm wondering is you got the first album, then you do this thing. How much pressure does that create for the net, your new album, which is called Bluebird Days? Do you yeah. feel that going in? Like, I cannot screw Dude, this up. 100%. 100%. I mean, uh, you know, I did, like, and I, I remember writing by Dirt thinking, like, like, you know, we were proud of it. I wrote that with two of my best friends, Josh and Matt Jenkins, and my brother. Uh, and I remember us saying that we were proud of this song. I don't know what was going to, we didn't know what was going to happen with it. I didn't even know if I was going to record it or if the world was ever going to hear it, but we were proud of the song and the lyric. And, you know, obviously went on to, to do very, very well. And Luke got on it and just kind of, you know, blew it up even more. But yeah, I mean, when I got back to writing after that, you know, it's kind of like everything got compared to by dirt. So it's like, dude, if it wasn't, as good of a song as by dirt, then what am I doing? Why am I even recording this? And it, it took, it was about, it was a good period of, of probably about a year where I just had to be like, look, man, by dirt is a great song and I'm grateful for it, but I got to move on from it. You know, the next song is the next song. Uh, but yeah, man, it took me, it took me a while. There was, there was a lot of pressure following that song up. Yeah. Well, and you did, and you, and you, you've done it. You've kicked ass with it. And that kind of leads to where we're getting with the, with the whiskey, because the whiskey that you did with bluebird distilling is called bluebird days. And as you can see right here, <laughs> as you can see, got into it last night. Um, yeah. I, I will, I will certainly say this, Jordan, it is a, and you, I'm sure you know this. It's a fine pre concert whiskey because last night I went to see one of my, one of my old friends, uh, G love of G love and special sauce. Oh, uh, and I awesome. G love it out here at the troubadour in in west hollywood and me and yep. my, my buddy of mine we came over and this is what we knocked off half the bottle before we even like went to the show and i gotta tell you it got me well lubricated for what would turned out to be a great <laughs> concert do you ever uh you ever you ever partake before you get on stage man i gotta say i, I i've been known to uh partake in a little bit of bluebird days whiskey before before a show uh Sometimes even before lunch, you know, if I'm being fully honest. Uh, <laughs> well, we are recording this on Friday. I guess I could start right now. It's got to be happier. Well, how did that happen? So Jared Atkins is the founder and master distiller at Bluebird Distilling. As I mentioned, that's in Phoenixville, PA, right outside of Philly. Did you guys know each other? How did this collaboration come about? Man, we really didn't. Um, I, I did. I met Jared whenever we first started talking about the collaboration and started talking about how we were going to go forward with it. Um, you know, a, a friend of mine found the distillery uh, and, you know, brought it back to me and said like, Hey man, it'd be cool to, I'm a whiskey lover. Um, and, you know, we kind of started brainstorming on that. And I think one of the important things and what was so cool with Jared too, is, is kind of, he got this whenever we were talking to him. It's like, I've never wanted to do a collab or do anything with anybody that 
didn't feel true and it wasn't something that I could like fully get behind. Um, I'm a big fan of whiskey and I, and, and, uh, you know, it was something that I'm pretty knowledgeable about. And, you know, I went and got a bottle of, of their, you know, kind of heritage bluebird bourbon. Um, and I knew this guy knew what he was doing when it came to making, making bourbon. So I think it was a perfect match. And, um, you know, after talking to him too, it was really cool to see how much work he put into it. I mean, we, we tasted whiskey for probably a month and a half until we finally, you know, landed on what is now Bluebird Days. And uh, even after we landed on that blend, you know, Jared kind of took it even more and made it even better. But uh, yeah, man, I just love finding people that are really passionate about stuff and, and, and seeing how we can both help each other out. And, and this has been a really fun collab. And it's and it's working, and so everybody knows. So this is a uh, this is a blend. Uh, this is called a they call it an American whiskey, and it's a blend of bourbon and American wheat whiskey uh, that they have a four grain bourbon American wheat whiskey, and been aged six and a half years. Ring seven fifty mil goes for fifty dollars. It's a really fantastic price point for for whiskey like this. Eighty six proof. Let me hear it from from you, Jordan. How would you describe? the flavor profile of this whiskey. And then I'll tell you what I got out of it. Yeah. I mean, man, for me, um, you know, I love the just traditional. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, I'm a big fan of like a bourbon that can mix well or a whiskey that can mix well. Um, you know, whether that be in a Manhattan, um, my, one of my favorite drinks is a Manhattan, but my favorite way to drink it is just neat or maybe a cube. Um, so I wanted something that mixed well, that you can make an old fashioned or you could do whatever you want to do with it. But also you could on a cold night, start a fire, sit there with it, you know, neat and, and sip it. Um, and, but for me, man, it's, it's, it's obviously your traditional, you know, corn flavors right up front, which is, which just brings me back to why I love, you know, whiskey. Um, Sorry to interrupt you there, but when you say you talk about the corn, so you're, you're, you appreciate and, Cause I got that too. There, there's a sweetness to this, uh, that it, that's very pleasant, not a, not a, an overly sweet thing, but, and that's, that is coming from the corn and, and what ends up happening. Then you'll get a little bit of vanilla that creates like a, almost like a marshmallow flavor, all very subtle, you know, the butterscotch, the toffee yep. that happens. And a lot of that comes from the corn, but I also got, because they're using that red winter wheat whiskey, that to me added a sort of a grainy quality to it, like an earthy quality to it that I really think balances out that, the sweet side of it perfectly. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, that's, that's spot on. You know, there's just enough heat to it, just enough spice uh, that isn't, it, it doesn't feel like you're drinking something over overly sweet. Yeah. I love the marshmallow notes you kind of get in this one. I think for me, my favorite is, I taste a lot of vanilla in it. And that's something that like, you know, from me it's you know it started off as like a dessert you know and you know coming home either getting off the road or pre-show when you're kind of trying to, to relax um you know i, I think you i kind of i kind of like that that sweet or kind of vanilla vanilla you know heat uh that bluebird has yeah and, and i really is you know obviously i'm biased to it but i mean it truly is one of my one of my favorite whiskeys out there and um and, and I think it's because of that, you know, it's just that perfect blend of just enough heat with just some notes of, of marshmallow and vanilla that just really send it over the top. We were drinking it last night with some ginger beer. 
you know, and, and I yeah. tell everybody, look, you know, we, we were using fever tree, I think. Uh, and I say this only because no matter what you have, the be- you can have the best whiskey out there. If you put shit mixers in it, you're going to have a shit drink. Right. So, but we were drinking, <laughs> we were drinking this with ginger beer and that the spiciness of the ginger beer combining with that, you know, that's the sweetness of the, of the bluebird days, man, it was good. Like it, it put a little lime, yeah. put drop a little lime wedge in there, and I was I was very happy with this man. And, and I, as I said earlier, at fifty dollars, because you are seeing, uh, you know, whiskey prices are going through the roof. You know, and, yeah. and a lot of that can be supply chain, blah blah blah. Whatever they're saying, the reasons are. I don't necessarily agree with all of it. I think something like this, yeah. this is a, this is a great price point. You know, you're not going to break the bank, but it's not you know, it's not a you know something you're going to you know, buy on the bottom shelf or something. It's, it's right there. I think 50 bucks yeah. for this whiskey, uh, 43 proof, as I mentioned. So it's got a little kick to it, but not too much. I was going to ask you about that. Do you, how do you feel about, you said you're a big whiskey fan. Are you, uh, a fan of like barrel strength whiskeys, higher proof, overproofed whiskeys, or do you like it in this range? Man, this is really like my, my kind of sweet spot, you know, right there, you know, the, yeah, I don't, I don't like some of those really, really heavy ones. I, I get them and I appreciate them. And, um, you know, I, I kind of stick with cigars on those guys. You know, I'm kind of a lighter cigar guy, you know, Connecticut kind of rapper, but like, um, you know, I stick to the spicier kind of heavier whiskeys on those. And, but this, this to me, man, it's like, it's, it's just the, this the perfect, you know, throw a couple cubes, sit on the couch or sit around the fire and, um, and, and sip it. And yeah, this is, this is, this is the range I like to be in. What was your aha moment with whiskey? Do you remember like when you, the first time you had whiskey, not as, you know, when we're kids, we're just drinking it, you know, like, ah, let's, get, let's yeah. put it in a, sneak it out of the house in a, in a Tupperware thing and drink it. What was your first moment yeah. when you genuinely appreciated? Do you remember what it was, what that whiskey was? Oh, dude, absolutely. Um, man, it was the, uh, Basil Hayden. Oh. Um, just their, you know, their stock, uh, you know, basil. Hey, that was the first time I'd ever like spent some money on whiskey, you know, leading up to that, man, it was, you know, I got 16 bucks. What can I get? You know, that rot, rot gut stuff. Yeah. So everybody yeah, knows the basil but, Hayden is, is part of the Jim Beam family. It's in the same range as like the Knob Creek and that, but I think the basil Hayden probably has a little bit more, uh, a little bit more oomph to it, you know, which is funny because I don't think basil Hayden the fa- flavor profile of this does not remind it's me not, of, of Babel, Basil Hayden. No, 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 no. It, it's in, you know, I obviously prefer this over Basil Hayden now, but like, you know, that I think what it is, and I think there's a lot of things like that, I guess with whiskey drinkers or, or you're kind of chasing that first time, that first experience, you know? And I think that's the thing is like bringing back the experience to, you know, good whiskeys. And to me, man, we poured, Basil Hayden, me and three of my buddies uh, sitting around and literally listened to vinyl records in my college dorm room. And like, you know, I, I think it's just, it's just it, it made it. I don't know. It was kind of the experience. You know, you mix it with the music. Um, you know, you're sitting around with your buddies kind of talking, catching up. Um, I don't know. It, it, you kind of chase that just the feeling of that. Uh and I think that's when I truly fell in, fell in love with just like, man, there's something special to getting a nice bottle of bourbon or whiskey and, and appreciating it, knowing, knowing now a little bit more about how the work that goes in 
to making a good whiskey. Um, but I think it started that, that time, you know, just kind of the setting and, um, you know, now it's moved on to more expensive bourbons and whiskeys, but, uh, I'm okay with that. So, uh, it's, it's always pretty special. It's a funny thing with, we, I was talking to a friend last night and I said, we were going to be doing this interview today. And a lot of my shows are famous people that are involved in the spirits game that come on. And what I always find interesting is tequila, as you know, agave spirits that just been rated by celebs, you know, like it's, they're all in there. But what's, what I find funny is the ones that do whiskeys invariably tend to be country, country stuff. Like, so you got you, all Jason Aldean, who's been on the show. He did one, uh, Florida, Georgia line. I had those guys on the show. They did a whiskey. Yeah. Uh, it's it just it's funny because you see those sort of lines that get drawn, and then you get the Hollywood stars are like, no, we're doing tequila, you know, because yeah. maybe they drink it with soda water because they don't want to put any pounds on, you know, or something like that. But um, <laughs> I do find it funny. I, the, really, the, most of the celebrity affiliated whiskeys tend to be country music stars. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I, I, and I, I think there, you know, it's that common thread, you know, just. Uh, you know, it, it it goes well together. It's in the DNA the, of the music. I mean, is anything is. is any is there any more common theme? If you were to go back to the history of country music, I gotta say whiskey and heartbreak gotta be the two things, right? The two most common Man, themes. Whiskey and heart whiskey and heartbreak made a lot of great country music songs. So that we have, you know, I guarantee you, if you go back into it. Uh, you know, Johnny Cash could probably blame some whiskey for for a few of those songs, and <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for that. So, what would be uh, what would be some of your favorite if you had to go back? What would be some of your favorite songs where whiskey features prominently? Oh man, I mean, m- my buddy Luke, man, rain makes corn. You know, corn, corn makes whiskey. <laughs> okay, you know, like whiskey makes my woman feel a little frisky. It's like, dude, that's actually pretty. Like, that's pretty spot on, Luke. Like, well done. What's uh, uh didn't Brad Paisley have one with uh, uh didn't he do a duet yeah. with Allison Krauss? What was the name of that song? Yeah. Uh, uh Whiskey Lullaby Whiskey, Whiskey Lullaby. Lullaby, that's right. Yeah, that's one a of, good one. Uh one of the best songs ever written. Uh David Allen Coe, right? The Jack Daniels song, remember that one? Yeah. Uh, uh Jack uh Eric Church has has a great song called Jack Daniels. Uh uh Jack Daniels kicked my ass again last night. <laughs> That's happened a couple times. <laughs> I mean, uh, Merle Haggard's got to have a bunch, right? And uh, um, oh, the, oh, yeah, Haggard. And to be honest, right up there with Whiskey Lullaby. But uh, Chris Stapleton has a song called uh, "Difference Between Whiskey and You." And if you haven't heard that one, or if anybody seen this. Y'all need to go check that song out, man. It's it's special. Okay, that's a Stapleton song. What? Uh, oh man. The whiskey ain't working anymore. Who's that? Uh, old country. Uh, you remember? You know the song. The whiskey ain't working. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tra- Travis Tritt. Travis, Travis Tritt. Tritt. That's right. Yeah. yeah, man. And it's just such a it's such a great rich history of the. I mean, ZZ Top's done a bunch of stuff. And I got a song. I got a song on this record called Whiskey Week. So I mean, like there you go. Well, you got, and you got your own whiskey now. So is this? Yeah. Do you see this as something like? Is this a one off for you, or is this is this a game you want to stay in? Do you do you want to be in? Man, you want to stay in the whiskey business? It really has like you know kind of opened. My, it's made me it's made me respect it more it's made me want to learn more about it there's still so much that that i have to learn and there's it and, and i think it's fun uh you know to kind of be able to pick up on 
I think that the picking up on different notes and stuff like that is, is really cool. But yeah, it's definitely something that I want to stay in. And to be honest with you, I love Jared. I love Bluebird Distillery. I love what they do. Um, like I said, man, I, I love when passion when people just chase passions. Um, and and so like it's definitely something that I, I want to continue and 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 kind of strengthen that relationship. You know, what my passion is collecting photo backdrops. Do you like this one? I put this one. Hey, just man, for that's you. like that's. Dude, that makes me want to be in Hawaii right now, man. Like that's like, <laughs> like it's fake. It's, <laughs> it's fake. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a Zoom thing. It's a real. It's a real like. It's, like, it's like actually, a, yeah, it's not a great. See, it? that's, see the that's thing like, up there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my little photography studio. Um, real that's quick be, before I let you go, man. I know you're busy. You're on tour. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, so. When you talk about wanting to stay in the business, one of the things that I have found with the people that are really passionate, the, the celebrities I'm talking about that get in, is once they get out into this sort of the the festivals and the, the booze, things like Tales of the Cocktail down in your neck of the woods, down in New yeah. Orleans, is the biggest cocktail festival. Do you have any interest in that? Because I know when they go and they do, they fall in love. Like uh, Ian Summerhalter, you know, and Paul Wesley, the actors, they got Brothers Bond bourbon. And I talked to Ian yeah. and he said... Dude, I like this more than acting. Now he said, I, "I love going out to the." Do you ever have? Do you have any intentions to go to do any of these festivals and meet the you know people like that? Man, I would love to. Um, you know, it's like obviously with touring, it it makes it kind of tough to to hit some of those. Uh, but you know, I mean, I bartended all through you know those early days of Nashville. So you know, mixology is kind of it, it's something that another thing that I, I really respect and. Uh, and it, and it truly is somebody that knows how to do that well. It is re- really special to watch them, um, you know, be able to create these things, you know, that are that are fantastic. These drinks that are just fantastic. Uh, so that's something I'd love to get into. Tales of the Cocktail. That would be an amazing thing to do, um, you know, especially being from Louisiana. I've like. I've, I've spent, a, I've drank a lot in New Orleans. And so, uh, and you both, it, brother. <laughs> it'd be cool to get back down there and, and, and do that. Well, listen, uh, Jordan Davis uh, got the new whiskey out, Bluebird Days, doing that with Bluebird Distilling, got the new album out called Bluebird Days. He is on tour. Go to, is it jordandavis.com for, for, for tour uh, dates? Yeah, jordandavisofficial.com. And where do they uh, find you on the uh, social medias? Jordan Davis Official on uh, Instagram, TikTok, all the all the social medias is, is Jordan Davis Official. And yeah, about to crank up on a tour with Dirks Bentley uh, this summer. So if y'all around, man, y'all come check out a show. I'll uh, I'll be posting a couple of little Instagram videos of this, and I'll be tagging Jordan on that. You guys can all see it. He he's a fine looking gentleman. Uh, look, we kind of got the same look going on here with the beard. I know, man. We're we're rocking the beard. Man. You're a lot younger than me, but uh, you know, beard's looking good though. A lot of filters <laughs> going on here, man. <laughs> Jordan, man, it was a real pleasure having you on, brother. And I, and I wish you the best. Of, so I mean, you're nailing it with this whiskey. You're nailing it with the music. Congratulations to you, man. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate, it, man. Thank you. Yo, Yo, what's up, everybody? I'm G-Love with my man Dan Dunn on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And what we're drinking right now is some tequila. We're going to get it done. And that, my friends, is going to do it for this episode. Episode number 216. I want to thank Jordan Davis for being on the show. He was, I really enjoyed talking to that guy, and I really enjoy the whiskey. Also, we'll have more information 
coming up the next uh, week, probably about that live show at the stand in New York city on May 4th. I would love to see you there. Also got the whiskey X coming up in New York city as well on May 25th. I believe I'll be emceeing that event. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the imbiber podcast is at WWD underscore podcast on Instagram. Many, 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 many thanks to you friends for being here. You got a lot of options. There's so, so many podcasts. Maybe not so many drinking podcasts, but there's a lot of those as well. And you've really helped make this one one of the top out there in the world. In the world. You're the best. Don't go change it. I told him chasing a dollar and in between sips of coffee. He poured this wisdom out. Said if you want my two cents on making a dollar count. Buy dirt, find the one you can't live without. Get a ring, let your knee hit the ground. Do what you love, because.